have certain qualities or experiences that is very peculiar to those belonging to the kingdom of heaven. Now, for me, as a personal discipline in my early years as a Christian, I've always kind of looked at the Beatitudes as kind of um, a, a fast track. Or, if for those of you who read books, do you know the books that have like such and such for dummies? Alex, you're looking at me like you're lost. Um, but you have these books that are like such and such for dummies, right? So I look at the Beatitudes as, if it would be for Damon, it would be attitudes for dummies, okay? Um, because it talks about attitude, be attitude. So I look at the attitudes as be woodward attitude. So if you want to be godly, then you want to have godly attitude. It's the posture of the heart that I'm talking about. Having the right attitude and serving God. So to be godly, my attitude can sometimes be overwhelmed. I can sometimes have a little stress in my life. Anybody else identify with me? Now, when you are overwhelmed with stress, what is your attitude like? I've been around some people. Okay? Blissful. I've seen some of you in this motion. That means like I'm done with this and the wives are looking at their husbands as I make this motion. I was with someone Saturday or Friday and uh, they just stormed out the building. <laughs> it was like an hour. I didn't see my coworker. Like, did he fall down the three flights of stairs? Did he stuck in a restroom? Whatever. But he was working on his attitude. Why? Because when you put down flooring, in between a door here, a door here, and a door here, there's nowhere to move anything. And after cutting three cases of flooring just to get this one piece in, your attitude can get a little. Some of y'all are like, you are beautiful. <laughs> Who's ever installed laminate flooring? All right, all eight of y'all. Y'all know. So, attitude, we want you to be attitude, we want to have a, a posture of the heart. Let's go to Matthew 5 1. This is what Jesus said, not with the crowd, or when Jesus, sorry, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. Now I want you guys to read this scripture. I want you to look at it. I want you to read it. I want you to tell me, do you see what I see? Do you see it? Do y'all see this? No one's telling me yes. What are we looking for? What do we see? Now when Jesus did what? What did he see? Saw the crowds. When he saw the crowds. What did he do? He, he, he did what? He left. He left. He left. When he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and did what? He said, I'm not ready for all this. This is just too much, okay? So he said to you, I said, his disciples came to him. And he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So you guys see already that he saw the crowds and he went up to Mount Zion and sat down. Now, what we don't understand, I don't know if many of us who don't talk through the Bible, if you look at the previous chapter, chapter 4, I want you to do that. I want you to do that. I want you to see, because we're thinking about the Son of God, the Savior, the Messiah, the, the one that's been prophesied for decades and hundreds and thousands of years. Guess what? Why is he going up to a mountainside when the crowds are coming to him? Why? Doesn't he like love people? Isn't he supposed to be like around people all the time? Didn't he come for people? Yes. We've got to go to chapter 4. So look at verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. We'll read this to you, okay? Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This is the previous chapter, chapter 4. As he's asking for the days before the next, he was what? He was hungry. 
Y'all yeah, get that. After fasting 40 days, as if that's not enough, 40 nights. Because some of y'all, I've seen y'all, some of y'all fast. Like, I'm going to fast, I'm going to fast all my meals during the day. But like, as soon as the sun hides beyond the horizon, <laughs> I fasted today. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Right? I've been there before. Like, I'm going to fast dinner, man. I'm going to fast dinner at 8.30 p.m. All right, dinner's fast. It's done. Where, 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 where's the snacks, you know? But let's just go back to spirit. After fasting, when he was hungry, the tempter came to him who was Satan, said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Just taunting the Son of God. Verse 4 Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. For those of you who are working on a diet, listen, you need to learn this verse because it helped me out. Man shall not live by bread alone, little daddy. Sometimes you have to talk like right? Man shall not live by bread alone. But every word that comes out of the mouth of God, then the devil took the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said to Jesus, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, Jesus said, I'm sorry, Satan said it, he said, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in the hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Isn't it funny how the devil will even quote scripture? <laughs> He's using scripture to try and convince Jesus to, to test God. Let's continue on verse 7. Jesus answered him and also said, he said, it's also written, do not put the Lord, your God, to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him to the public in the world and there's splendor. Verse 9, and all this I will give to you as if it's the devil's to give. He says, all this I give to you. He said, now, if you will bow down and worship me. Verse 10, and Jesus said to Satan, the tempter, he said, away from me, Satan. That's a lesson for some of y'all who deal and struggle with various temptations. He's not going to go away. He's not going to leave you until you first submit your life to God. And then you take a stand and you tell him where to go. Satan, go to hell. Right? You don't belong in my life. You don't belong in your life if you're a son or daughter of God. Tell him where to go. For it is written, Jesus told Satan, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came to attend to Jesus. So you have, you guys are starting. We started in 5, verse 1, that the crowd was and he saw Jesus, and he said, whoa, I'm getting away, I'm going to the mountain, and I'm sitting down, and I'm going to teach my disciples. And all through chapter 4, you see where he was tempted 40 days, 40 nights, starved, tempted by Satan. Then he begins to preach the gospel. He hadn't really been doing that yet. Then he begins to call his first disciples. Then he begins to heal the sick. Can y'all see how flexible Jesus had to be? Y'all see this? Now we go all the way to chapter 4, verse 23 to 25. Jesus went to all gathering, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. He said, the Bible says, heal every disease. Verse 24, news about him spread all over Syria, and people brought them all. Maybe he's getting inundated. Brought to all who were uh, ill with various diseases, those suffering. How many people are suffering here this morning? How many people are suffering in our neighborhoods, in our families? Suffering, they have severe pain, they are demon-possessed. Those having seizures, they needed the paralyzed, and he healed them. Verse 25, large crowds from Galilee, the capitals, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. How many of you struggle with large crowds? 
Could you imagine being Jesus when everybody say everybody? When everybody is following you all of a sudden. He had to be flexible. These are some new uncharted territories that Jesus is dealing with. Then we get to Matthew chapter 5, where we started. Verse 1. You guys go to the right. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountainside, sat down, and the disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. Why did Jesus begin to teach his disciples at that specific moment? Because the demand and the need was greater than what Jesus in his human shape and fashion was physically able to do. You already saw what happened in just a few months of scripture and verses, right? He went from just being a carpenter to getting baptized in the Jordan River by John Baptist. The dove comes down and God speaks out lines, this my son and whom I'm well pleased, you know. And then he goes on to start preaching the gospel and healing the sick and thousands upon thousands of people are coming from every neighborhood, every surrounding city just coming and begin to follow him. He says, there's no way I'm going to be able to reach every single one of these people in and outside. He said, disciples, sit down. I need to teach you. Jesus wanted to multiply himself. Do you all see that? He wanted to expand the touch. He wanted to expand what God wanted to do through one person, the Son of God, the Messiah, Jesus, our Savior. But he wasn't going to do it through just Jesus. He wanted to use ordinary, average, hard-headed, stubborn, thieving, lying, sleeping around, stabbing, ear-cutting people to spread the gospel. Everybody say, that kind of fits my, that kind of fits me. <laughs> that kind of fits I can wear that type of shoe. That's what Jesus is doing. He's sitting down inside his mind, so I need to teach you guys. And then he goes into the B-attitudes. It's really the word, the attitude. But for myself, I've chosen to look at his B-attitude. Let's go on. He says, blessed are the birds of one spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know what? Don't be prideful. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meat, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Mm. Blessed are the merciful, for they will show they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure heart, for they shall see God. How many of you guys say, I just want to see God? I want to feel God. I want to experience God. There, right there, Matthew 5 8. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God in their lives. Okay, so just work on opening up your heart. God, come in. Have more of my heart. Let me be pure before you. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Verse 10, blessed are those who are virtuous because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, not because you run them off the highway. Because a lot of us may say, oh, yeah, I'm just because I'm a Christian. No. A lot of times people insult you because. You need some insulting, right? <laughs> Sometimes you've been insulting to them. You know, I'm trying to get a little excited about that. They don't like me because I just got Jesus. No, Jesus said, look, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Because you're in the right standing position with God. He tells you you're blessed if people persecute you for those reasons. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. He's telling his disciples this. Why? He wants to multiply. 
He wants to expand. He wants to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. He said to the disciples, it's fixing to get real. Things won't be the same anymore. Things are going to be different, guys. Although they had just got started. They're sitting there like, man, how can they be different? Look at all that we've done. If me, if David was sitting right there, if I was one of the disciples, and I had just witnessed all this crazy stuff that had just occurred, Jesus pulled me off from outside, and now he's teaching me, I would say, Jesus, I'm not skilled in this area, but I would like to have one more beatitude. Sure, David. Probably not going to be good, but I'll let you speak. So, you know, I want to add one more beatitude, and I want to teach it to us. I want to be clear. Jesus did not say this. It's not written in Scripture. But I added it, okay? I'm not adding to the Word of God. I'm just trying to help us see. This could be something that may help you. This would be an additional beatitude for David. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. How many of you know when you stick to your guns and somebody doesn't do it just the way you want it? What happens to your attitude, Shane? <laughs> Charlie Brown, what happens to your attitude when your wife doesn't do things just the way you want it? We get an attitude, right? Y'all get so quiet on me. Y'all laughing and giggling and carrying on, but you guys agree with me that when something's not done the way I would like it or I want it or the way that I do it, and I have tried to politely emphasize that I want you to do it the way that I do it so that I can be happy and I can let it go, they still do it the way they want, and then you get bent out of shape. Many people will get so bent out of shape, and I'm not flexible like I used to be. I used to do a back bend when I was like seven, um, but I'm not going to do that here because none of y'all are like EMS training to like fix backs and stuff. But anyway, a lot of times we get so rigid we don't want to flex, and we get broken. We get so bent out of shape we just lose it all. We lose our stuff. Right? Yeah. And I don't want that for you. It has gotten the best of me for far too many years. I want us to be flexible. Let's say it together. I want, I want to be, to be, be flexible. 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 Now that can go in a lot of areas of your life. the I'm talking specifically about spiritual rigidity. About being spiritually defiant in certain things. About being spiritually stubborn on certain things. You guys are following where I'm going. Let's be flexible. I mean, you look at what Jesus went through. like this fast track. He had to go through a lot of changes really quick. He had to be flexible. He fasted for 40 days, 40 nights. And then he started doing the work of the ministry. I know some of you. And if you don't eat for four hours, <laughs> you hangry. Real angry. Like you, you cause a divorce because you get so angry. How many of you guys, when your wife gets hungry, like the world needs to stop <laughs> feed the wife? Deal with the loneliness? Feed the wife. Happy life. Right? Everybody say, Blessed are the flexible. 
Blessed are the flexible. For they shall not be bent out of shape. For they, they shall not be bent out of shape. Y'all learning this? Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm sure you agree, most of us, we, at times in our lives, we have become inflexible. Some of you have held your guns for the right purposes now. I'm not saying don't get run over. I'm not saying get run over and just bend over backwards and let people take advantage of it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm mainly talking about God and what he's called you to do. You need to learn to be flexible. I first started doing mission trips some 12 years ago. One of the first things when you land or before you even leave the country, they tell you, those who are doing mission work full time, it's like, look, let me let you know, this is not America. We don't run on American time. They're like, you need to be flexible. And I don't I'm like, I'm easy going, you know, it's all good. I'm just and then you realize you're sitting there like four hours waiting on the bus so you can get to the church, so you can lead worship or preach. And like, uh, if this was America, like the doors would be shut. Like, no. And I realized at that moment, because they told me to be flexible, and I'm sitting here with dead time thinking, what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next? Gotta stay on track. We gotta be busy, we gotta do this, we gotta do that, like the American way, Damon, all the time. And I sat at a picnic bench in Turiago, Costa Rica, and the presence of God fell on me on that picnic bench like I had not experienced in years. God met with me at a picnic table in another country because I chose to be flexible. And I still remember August of 2010. I still remember. Why? Because I slowed down the race. I slowed down the rat race. And I, even when I came home, I told Greg, we've got to change our lifestyle. This is not working out for us. This go, 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 show, go, 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 just always something. I'm there again. I always get there, like many of you. But there's just something about being flexible and allowing God to come in and speak to you. Are y'all getting anything out of this? Yes. I'm trying to squeeze God in a little three minutes when one eye is falling asleep. I just got to remember what's going to be. Wake up in the morning, okay, God, I didn't pray last night, but I want to pray this morning. Drinking coffee, driving to work, and somebody gets in front of me, and you're chewing them out, cussing them out, and I'm still got to pray because I didn't pray last night. Anybody like that? Mm -hmm. Trying to squeeze God in. Everybody said, let's be flexible. Be flexible. So not only, not only is it true for us individually that we become inflexible, but there are churches, we have been a church, that has become inflexible. Maybe you've been at a church before where they become inflexible. So you have these certain routines or you do certain, you do something a certain way and it works. It works for that way. And then what do you do? Ah, I'm going to do it the same way next week. This worked last week. And then the third week and the fourth week, the fifth week comes and you're still doing it the way you did it the first time because it worked. And now it becomes a routine. And then the longer you hold to that routine, the more sacred it becomes. So that anyone or anything or anyone wants to change that routine, what do you do? You get defensive. You're like, no, 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 no. We gotta stick back to what we did the first time because it worked the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, eight times. Anybody like that? Mm -hmm. In your marriage, at your job, 
No, 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 no. This is the way they taught me. This is the way we're supposed to do it. That's the way I did it my last job. Well, why'd you leave your last job? I was fired. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but we do something and it works and then we make some routine. And once it becomes routine, we hold on for so long, it becomes sacred and we are not even willing to change it. Right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But there's a lot of things that are not necessarily broken, but they're not being productive in your spiritual life. Right. So it is good to look at something that may not be broken, but may need your attention. And may need God's hand on that wheel, that power wheel. Some of us clay need a few more pushing and pressing down and molding and raising up and shaping, right? A few more stones and sticks pulled out. It becomes sacred. Whenever someone upsets our routine, we get we get upset. We get we get ticked off. Well, an author back in the 70s by the name of Ralph Neighbor, he wrote this book. This is for the church. This is what he wrote way back in like 73, I think. This is what he wrote. A book. And he titled the book. He titled the book, The Seven Last Words of the Church. What do y'all think the seven last words of the church would have been in 1973? Because there's seven words, huh? But that's not actually what, that's the title of the book. What the book was about and what he was trying to communicate that a church had a mindset, had a saying, had statements that equated to seven words. And as long as they held to those seven words, they would eventually die. die. These are the seven last words of the church. We never did it that way before. We never did it that way before. That has killed so many churches across decades, centuries, Multiple, multiple locations. We never did it that way before. Have you been in a church before? Yeah. Where things got real sour, or they started going south, or things weren't working out well because that one, they were holding so tightly to, we never did it that way before. And then we do that sheerly out of fear, uncertainty, newness. I've been there before. We, we never did it that way before. But Ralph Neighbor wrote a book about it. Now, once you do something new and it works for a couple times, it becomes this routine. And routine can sometimes become tradition. We started last, last year, we, or actually 2008, we did something called Trunk Retreat. And it was just a one-time deal at that time we did it. And we had 250 people like, man, it's a success. It worked out. What did we do in 2009? Trunk Retreat. Why? Because it worked. It was a success. And it went from 250 people. Within just a few years, we had 12 to 1,800 people showing up at our church crazy on one night. It was insane. And because this is America, the more you get, the better it is. You're doing something right. Let's get more. And they were doing it for the sake of doing it. Because we counted quantity as success when God wants quality. As his success. And we chose to change that up last year. We chose to go to Fall Flannel Fest. And I'm telling you what, they have had some feathered. <laughs> <laughs> we 
not doing trunk or treat. We're not doing trunk or treat. I can't bring my dog. I can't dress my dog up and go to trunk or treat. Calm down now. Wait a minute. Everybody say, be flexible. Be flexible. It's just a chihuahua. <laughs> I'm being facetious. I'm exaggerating. But, but no. some people will bother about it. And if you were one of them, I don't have any faces of ever said. I just know I heard it and I spoke to people. It's okay. And then we chose to do something different. We chose to do something a one-time deal. And it was great. It was intimate, but yet it was a little rich. It was funny. This guy running around in a sumo wrestling outfit with a dirt bike helmet on, getting water balloons, slugging him. I felt God in that. It was fun. And somebody pulled that thing back so far, and he wouldn't prepare me. He hit it right in the leg area. Double <laughs> everybody there. Yeah. Oh, you there? <laughs> but we did something that was fun. We could easily make it a routine. What do you do in your spiritual life? That has become a routine, and it's not productive. What do you do in your marriage? And it's a routine. It may have worked 10 years ago, but it's not productive. What are you doing in your finances? <clears throat> That's not productive. Number one, if you're not giving to God, I'm going to tell you right now, you can make all the money you think you're making He says, if you don't give to me, you're stealing. How many of you know that's not productive? Mm -hmm. If you're not giving your time to God, devoting time, willingly, Lord, I will do whatever you are stealing time from God. Do we want to fool with God in that manner? I don't. Everybody say, I don't. I don't know. So let's get back to Scripture. Blessed are the flexible, he's not for they shall not be bent out of shame. You know, I've seen churches that had tradition and they wanted to break free from tradition and they left a church and started a new church or they joined up with other churches and they started new acts or new things that they were doing and that became new traditions and those traditions came just as entrenched and rigid as the first traditions they left. What did you accomplish if you don't remain flexible? Right? Right. Mm -hmm. if, we just, if we just let go and moved on from a church called Fellowship Church and we don't go through a time of being flexible and changing to, for all of us to become who God wants us to be, what have we done? We've done nothing. We've just changed locations, changed names. That's not... What I signed up for. I want to be flexible. I want to break away from any type of tradition that I've ever given myself over to. I'm not saying tradition is wrong at all. Please don't misunderstand me. Traditions, most of the time, are started because there's a need and it creates something good or great. And then there's this, there's this continuity between what we do this year and what we do next year. So it gives us a desire to look forward to the future. 
A good tradition gives us desire to look forward to do something, the same thing in the future. And then as years go by, you see tradition as a good thing because then you're able to reflect on the good times you've experienced and the good things that have happened, the good things that have been done. How many of you guys have family traditions? Are they good? I've been to as a teenager uh, Thanksgiving gathering, and, and they had a brick of marijuana on the dinner table. <laughs> and he walked in the door and boom! And literally, I thought it was like a 12 pound turkey. And I looked at him, he's like, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody! That was the yearly trend, you know, tradition. And I could just hear Hank Williams, family tradition. You know, I could just hear it. But that's not necessarily a good tradition. You guys get me? Yeah. All right. So, it was said in the Gospels, if you read there, that Apostle Paul and some of his company, some of his followers, some of his team players, his traveling companions, they were described as some guys who turned the world upside down. Dig it scripture, you'll find them. They turned the world upside down. Why? Because they went against the religious tradition. They went against what was expected by the religious folk. And what they actually did, they began to turn the world right side up. But people then and even now still can't see that. They basically, they stirred up controversy, which led to people spreading rumors, that led to, to little gossip sessions, and there was this buzz that began to go around town about these men, these people who are following the way. We have to stop it. We have to change it. They're breaking away from this rigid law. Allow all the do's and don'ts. They're turning the world upside down. They're saying this about Jesus and his disciples. And they wanted to persecute him. They wanted to attack him. They wanted to put him in jail. Well, guess what, guys? With Lifestream Church, our hopes is that there is a buzz that starts going around town, not so that we get put in jail. But a buzz starts going around in town because of what we preach and what we practice. That's why the buzz started going around with the disciples because in Jesus, because they were preaching something that was different from what had been shoved down their throat for years and years and years and years. It was just something different. They begin to preach something different and they begin to practice something different. They begin to actually live out their faith. When they weren't sending people to the doctor or to the graveyards, they were laying hands on them and they were being healed and delivered. How many know that'll mess up a doctor's pocketbook? <laughs> right? Yeah. And when you're setting people free from demonic bondage, how many know that just kind of disturbs things amongst the, the community? So they got upset. Why are you doing all this? They're like, what are you doing healing people on a Sunday? It's the Sabbath. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to feed the hungry. You're not supposed to heal that man on a Sabbath. No way. Why are you doing that? You're wrong. You guys have read that before, right? Mark chapter 2 all the way through Mark chapter 3. They were living out their faith. And I want that to be said about our church. I want that to be said about us. That we upset the status quo. That it's okay to be lost and not have Jesus in your life. Let's mess that status quo up. 
Let's mess up the status quo and say, it's okay to identify or call yourself a Christian, but yet not lead others to Christ. That's unproductive. You cannot be a Christian and not lead people to Christ. It is, because it's one thing. Anybody follow me? Jesus gets attacked by the religious people for three different things. Associating himself with the sinners because he ended up becoming a friend with Levi or Matthew, the tax collector. And tax collectors are like legalized thieves, right? Like politicians these days, I guess. You know, just legalized thieves. And they're like, no, 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 you don't hang out with them. And Jesus is a new friend of Matthew. Called him to be a disciple. Went and had dinner with him. Just connected with him, right? No, 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 you can't do that. Then they, they, they attacked him about the Sabbath. Then they attacked him about fasting. I talked about that last week. Jesus said, no, I'm going to be flexible. And you guys need to be flexible. A tradition. A religious act, which at one time was something good, ended up becoming like a steel vice. Maybe you've been to church like that before. Maybe you tried to fit in at a church like that before. And because the tradition was so thick, so rigid, it was like a steel vice. They wouldn't allow things to, to change. Everybody say, we don't want that. We don't want that. We don't want to be that thing. It's easy. It's easy to be rigid. Jesus in the Beatitudes is talking about the posture of the heart. He said, I want you guys to start working on your heart. I want you to be flexible. Everybody say be flexible. Be flexible. They were so rigid holding on to tradition, they would rather see people stay sick. Because they didn't want anybody doing anything on the Sabbath. They'd rather hungry people stay hungry because they didn't want anybody doing anything on the Sabbath. Do you see what I'm saying? You're denying human humanity need to practice your spiritual. You guys see that? You can find that in Mark chapter 2 and 3. As I wrap things up, here's a couple things with traditions. Traditions, traditions said that if you're a church, if you're a church, then you need to have your own building. I have another friend of mine who was a church. They were renting from our church. And there are people like, we need to have our own building. We need to have our own building. Who says that? Do y'all know that church is not the building and the steeple? Mm-hmm. But what is the church? People. The people. But tradition. Like, when we, for last year, yeah, the church with the buildings for sale. What? Where y'all going? Because they get alarmed. They get all, where are you going? You have y'all bought a new place? So where are you moving? Do you know how many times I've been asked this? <laughs> I don't know where. Well, that's not traditional. You're right, it's not. <laughs> I'm being flexible. You guys see what I'm talking about? But something that was done once was good, was done again because the first time was good, and then it becomes sacred. So I'm asking you guys to be flexible. We're meeting in a different building. It's not ours, but it's our Father's. We don't know how long we're going to be meeting. 
my own car. I was talking with her just a week or two ago. I said, yeah, we're, we're going to be there for a year, maybe two. What? You mean we're going to be at this building for a year? Well, maybe six months. I don't know. But I'm just letting you know. It could be a year. So if I tell my daughter this, who's walked us with us, when she was eight months old, we had her out. Like, we were leading people to Jesus, knocking on doors, sharing the gospel. She's, she's been in the kingdom her whole life. And she still likes a church of her own. You know, like any of us. Baby, you have to be flexible. Dale, you got to be flexible. Those serving our children's ministry, you got to be flexible. Everybody say, I need to be flexible. I need to be flexible. You got to voice up like a Canadian. You got to be flexible. Tradition says, so you travel to church, where are you going? Tradition says, the seven last words of this church. We never did that way before. We never did that before. Let that not be said about your Christian walk, your spiritual walk. Be excited about trying something different for your own spiritual discipline. I'm begging you. Fast. Pray. Serve. Sacrificially. Give. Help. Step out. Pastor, I've never done this before. Good. Me too. Let's, let's go after it together. Why? Because we want to be flexible. Look at all the changes Jesus had to go through. The religious folks, the Pharisees, they grilled Jesus about befriending the tax collector. They, they grilled Jesus about well, his disciples picking grain and feeding the hungry. The religious Pharisees, they grilled Jesus about healing a man's hand on the Sabbath. Listen, we don't want to hold so tightly to stuff that it becomes an obstacle. Amen? Amen. So I'm asking that all of us have godly attitudes. That we be in an attitude of willingness. God, what do you want from me? And if He speaks it in His Word, through His Spirit, you just do it. You just do it. And you'll see what happens. That's where we all are collectively. Life stream is going to be different. Everybody said amen. Amen. It's not always going to be the way it is today. It's not going to be the way it was last week or last month, last year. We'll give y'all a couple more quotes as we, as we head out. You'll always get what you've gotten if you always do what you've always done. I know that's a tongue twister for you, but you get it. You'll always get the same thing if you're doing the same thing. If you get a little cold, you get a little negligent, a little weary in your spiritual walk. You're going to continue to stay that way until you do something different. You never change your life until you change your life. Unless you go beyond what you've already mastered, you will never grow. Some of you need to set some higher spiritual bars. And attending church on Sunday is not the limit. There's so much more. Amen? Amen. I told you guys last week, I'm going to be stretching you. Not there. God's going to be asking you to get some new minds, some new mind skins, so that you can expand, so you can spiritually grow. Life's been church is going to be different. We're going to leave you to break some traditions. I don't know what they are. That's between you and God. But there's going to be some things that were once productive for you, or were good, but they're not productive anymore. And it's time for something fresh. Livestream Church is going to stretch your faith. It's going to stretch you. It's going to lead you to obey God. It's going to lead you to discover your calling. 
Normandy, Texas. And the last scripture I want to read with you. This is our part. This is what we want to be. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 22, the end of 22, the beginning of verse 23. Just as the apostle Paul proclaimed, he said this, he says, I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. He said, now I do this for the gospel's sake. I might become all things to all men that I might win some. Y'all see all and all and then some and the word might. So that means that we have to be extremely flexible in getting a chance to befriend or know someone that doesn't look like us, smell like us, act like us, preach or read or study or follow God like us. I will become all things to all men, all, that's all inclusive, that I might win some. Do y'all realize how many characters Pastor Damon has had to be in 20-something years of ministry so that I might win some? It's exhausting. It's confusing at times. But I know it's been fruitful because we're here today. We're here today. You got saved. You got baptized. Because your friend from school says, I might become all things that I might win some. Now, he's not a saint. <laughs> That's right. The one on his phone right now, he's not a saint. But he became a friend to you and won you to the Lord. Brought you to a place where you. There's other people here, like Bella, whose birthday is today. Happy birthday, Bella. Y'all look around like, where she's at? I'm sure she doesn't want to know where she's at. But happy birthday, Bella. She came because someone invited her. Because the one who invited her was invited by someone else. A way back when, who was invited by someone else? You see, let's be flexible and let's not stick so rigid to certain things we do and avoid the desperate need of people. Amen? Let's become all things to all men that we might. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. For your presence here this morning, God, it's just been so refreshing. Jesus, you are the well spirit of life.